0: The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. I'm delighted to be joined today by Bob Prentice from Downfield Farm, which is located just outside Cooper. Bob runs the farm alongside wife Jane. Uh, it started as a mixed suckler cow and breeding sheep business, together with cereal crops, but in 2012, Bob and Jane decided to add deer to the equation. Now, eight years on, Downfield Farm is the home to a successful abattoir, butchery and producer of staggison venison, and is home to Scotland's only field-to-fork venison farm and a handling and meat processing facility. Bob and Jane pride themselves in operating a reputable and custom butchery, which is described by Bob as leading a new dawn for meat processing. They currently sell venison products throughout Scotland to restaurants, hotels, independent retailers, and UK wholesalers under the Staggison brand. I've decided to catch up with Bob to try to find out a bit more about the business and what makes him resilient and what success means to him. Bob, welcome along today. Great to have you. Thanks very much for asking me. Can you just start by telling us a wee bit more about yourself? How did you uh, find yourself in the position that you are today?
1: Well, it all started back in 2002 when um, me and my wife, Jane, um decided to, to buy the farm, what we bought, Downfield Farm. Um, originally, before that, um, I was a milkman in West Lothian, um, and Jane, my wife, she was an accountant in West Lothian. So it was a bit of a change. We were still in farming. We we're both from farming backgrounds, um, but we decided that Fife uh, was where we were going to head for. So in 2002, as I said, we, we bought Downfield um, which was a huge move for us, considering we came from fifteen acres and a house and some sheds to um, just under four hundred acres, um, which was a massive change for me and for Jane as well. So, yeah, that's 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 what happened, you know.
0: Brilliant, and and uh, things have sort of progressed from there quite rapidly, Bob, um, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's one of these things that
1: I, I don't, I, I try not to stand still um, and always look forward. Um, the the, the farm um, started away we we had 70 cows to start with and 400 sheep Um, and then we started growing cereals um, and we rented out potato land as well um, which gave us a a good turnaround of the farm so we are getting young grass coming into the system as well for finishing cattle but back then it was different beef prices were different and the suckler cows were different as well. So it's, uh, it's been a bit of a change to where we are today. When, in 2012 is when we started looking at something different. We had quite a few health issues in the cattle in uh, 2010 and 11. Um So we decided to cut the suckler cows back. Um, and I saw an advert in the paper looking for deer farmers, um, and it started from there, basically. We, we, we looked at that. Um, spoke to John Fletcher, Dr John Fletcher who was an expert in the deer world uh, to see how we could start a deer farm basically on downfield which was an ideal situation um, but when I spoke to him and spoke to other experts in the industry my question to him was where we were we going to kill these farmed animals and there was not a facility um, in Scotland at all and everyone had to be shipped to Barnsley so that was the start of the the rest of the story, basically you know, so
0: yeah, yeah, well, I'll get into that that in a wee bit more detail later on, but, but uh I'll just ask you um what what sort of numbers are we uh talking here, what's the sort of the size of the farm and and the the number of uh livestock and deer uh currently uh run at downfield yeah
1: well now the the, the farm. Originally, when we bought it, was just under four hundred acres. Um, in two thousand and eight, we added more to the farm, so we ended up just under five hundred acres. Um, the cattle now today we run eighty-five suckler cows, um, and uh, I put all the use away. The sheep's numbers are store lambs bought in the back end. Um, we have basically we're in the second year transition of going organic. So we have to buy organic lambs in to finish them, um, and we grow roughly about 200 acres of cereal. Um, and the deer numbers, uh, were slowly reduce them a bit, um, just because we're so busy
0: elsewhere on the farm. So the deer numbers are running about 150, roughly. Great. And uh, for somebody that uh, is a novice when it comes to de- deer farming, Bob, uh, what's the sort of process involved? Are you you buying them in or are you breeding your own? Uh, How how does it work?
1: Yeah, you know, that's one thing that did happen when we did the change over in 2012. There was plenty of deer calves there. Quite a lot of farms at that time were set up to breed deer but had nowhere to finish them. So there were more hill farms um, and they didn't have the good quality silage and that to finish deer calves. So quite a lot of deer calves in 2012 and, and before that we're heading down south to farms and we're finishing them inside in sheds and on good grassland um, so we buy calves in um, off their mothers at this time of year So uh, normally after the rut we buy them in we, put them, we house them, we're going to sheds um, and then we put them back out to, to grass in, in March, April time or you can finish some inside in, on good silage and some, some grain as well
0: yeah, and is everything going through the abattoir then, Bob, how, how many yes. numbers? Uh, yeah, now,
1: now everything goes through the abattoir. Um, the, the abattoir has changed probably what it was set up for and what it does today um, has changed massively. So, 2012, we opened abattoir in 2015, um, strictly, not strictly, but basically licensed to kill deer, basically. Um, And by the July 2015, we had quite a lot of people coming to us asking if we'd do lambs. So the change happened then, we got licensed to do lambs as well. So our abattoir basically um, did deer and lambs together, which was no problem. Our storage problem, that's where the problem came, was the storage. We hadn't enough chill space, Um, so we are are capped at basically, we were capped at that time at 50 animals a week, which was a day's work. and that has rapidly changed um, the, the, the abattoir now. Well, I can come back to that, but as I'm a bit further on, I can come back to what happened when we had to build a butchery. Um, it, it just changed completely from what it was set up for. We don't do as many deer. Um, we basically have a waiting list to try and get into our own abattoir because we can't get in for, for doing work for other people now, you know. So, um it's is a it's just changed the whole perspective of what it was itself a beer, We're doing more lambs now than we do deer. Yeah, so everything coming into the abattoir, we basically butcher now, um, because we did get a food processing grant back in um, twenty seventeen, I think that was, on which we built a butchery on. Um, so the butchery was then allowed us to break down carcasses. Um, which opened up a slightly different market for the venison. We could then sell wholesale, um, and that's when Staggerson was brought into the equation to sell our own venison um, through that. So, but the butchery was vital to the whole equation, which I didn't realise we needed that at the start when we brought the, when we built that with ours. So that was a key factor to running the business, was the butchery part.
0: Uh, and I, I was just asking, Bob, uh, how did the sort of Stagistan brand come a, come about? What was the the thinking behind that?
1: We employed um we employed an um, agency to help us in marketing. Again, because we didn't know anything about marketing when we set it up, um, so the agency within in Glasgow. We we put it out to tender basically to say come up with a name for the venison. So the Venison, so they took the end of Venison and they put a stag in front They called it stagison. that's what they called it. Um, not particularly what I like, I prefer the downfield brand, which is what we're in the middle, middle of going to rebrand and it'll be downfield. Um, Farm Venison is what will be on that. Like, um, I think it's got a better selling point as well because people know where it's from. Um, yeah, that's kind of how that happened, you know, so...
0: Oh, brilliant! Um, certainly, got a got a good ring ring to it. You can tell uh, somebody, you can certainly tell somebody uh, with their marketing head on uh, thought thought of that. Uh, I'll just go on to um, my next question, which is um, obviously you you made such a big um, leap back back in two thousand and twelve when you started. The dear, can you just tell me a wee bit more about the the thought process and uh, what what it was that sort of made you um, take that leap? What was the thinking? Um, it was yeah,
1: it was it was down to the I mean at the end of the day, what happened in two thousand ten and eleven was that we had health issues within the cattle um, and quite a lot of the cows went and Um At that time, we ran one hundred and fifty supper cows of what's just over 50% ended up not in CAV. So we just had quite a few issues with that, probably trying to do too much on that side. Um I decided then to look at slightly something different. And th- this is where it all came in was, as I said before, I spoke to John Fletcher, saw the, the need for an abattoir. Let's go for this. Let's try it and see. Um, mm-hmm. We knew there was no return. Once you're on that motorway, there's no return from that. I um, yeah. spoke to the, the FSS and they helped me basically build and design the abattoir, which was part of an old farm building, um, and they helped us with that. And they've been great on that behalf. They, they are really good at guiding people and doing things right. Um, and, that, and that's what we wanted to do, just to make sure it was done right from the start. You,
0: you, 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 You could have taken a, a slightly... Easier route, I, I guess, Bob, and and gone down the um, um, sort of more more conventional deer deer market. and you've obviously um decided to do something unique um here in a lot of ways by starting the Ab- on and, and the Butria and the brand, um, yeah. yeah. So I just find it fascinating that that you know, um, you, you you've very much started. Um, you pretty much threw everything at it from the beginning. Um, what was the, um, what, what was it that, that sort of made you go for, um, to sort of think outside the box a bit, a bit more rather rather than, uh, go down a slightly more conventional deer, deer farming route, um.
1: Yeah, well, that, that, that most people at that point were supplying in, into weight rows, um, which are controlled then by the supermarket. Um, and I, I felt there was an opportunity, but I, I spoke to quite a lot of your farmers, and there were quite a bit not. I'm not saying depression, but they're only really happy with what was happening. That were basically supplying everything was went to one market. Um, and John Fletcher's business at that time, he would sold his business on. So the, the company that took that on were needing venison, but on a very small scale, which is where I thought there was a gap in the market, basically to build to build an abattoir, uh, and that's why I, at that space that's why we did it. And it was a ma- it's been a massive challenge, um, huge
0: learning curve. Um, and, and did you know anything about deer, uh, Bob, when you started? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Not a
1: thing. It was a total gamble, an absolute total gamble. That's been honest. Like it was a total gamble, um, and it's it's one of these things that I have no regrets in what we've done um, at all. Um, I know we're very busy, and Jane's full time in the office, but it's good to have customer feedback, and and you know that you're doing a good job for them as well. You know, so would I do it again? Probably would I. I would. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you're obviously very very busy now, um, um, which which is um one one change which has resulted um well you're probably very busy before but but um what what um what what has been the biggest impact uh, from from this change for your business? Um is it is it is it is it that you're now um, in a m- much more comfortable uh, position from a business perspective, um, is it? You know that that you're um, you're in a less volatile marketplace. You know what 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 is what has been the, the biggest Im- Im- impact from um, from your uh, change yeah. of direction back in
1: 2012? Yeah, I mean it's been a, it's been a huge learning curve with dealing with different people. Um, on that side of it the farm side of it um, we scaled back to farm a bit so that's been a a big impact I I love farming but as most people know it's hard to make farming work Um, so I I scaled back to farming slightly and changed the breed of cattle so we we work with Galloway cows now and I told you that we we, we buy store lambs and it's made my life a lot easier um, on that side because the abattoir and butchery has taken off so much that I need to be a lot in there. Um, so, so the impact on that was, I think to tell the whole story right was to go organic. Um, whether that's the right word or not, I'm not sure. I think environmental is probably what we're looking for now. Rather organic. Uh, 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 and that is working great for us. Um, and that's telling an even bigger story that will hopefully carry forward as well. So that the impact is that instead of me feeding cattle in the morning, I'm in chills sorting out carcasses in the morning and getting the butchers geared up to get going. Um, and I've got a lad that feeds the cattle for us now, but that changed. Um, and it, but I still love the part of, once I'm finished in here, I can go and see my cows, and, and go round the farm, you know. Um, but the, the organic status um, will come into force next year. Um, but I'm, I'm quite keen to keep going with environmental things and keep that, we need a greener country uh, and I enjoy that part of it as well, you know, so, um that's probably where the most impact has been is I'm not as much involved in the farm as I,
0: as I could be or need to be, you know. Brings me on to my next, next point really, Bob, which which is, I I guess, um what I'd love to know, know is uh, what, what did you find most, what have you found most challenging about this whole journey? Was it set, the process of setting up or, uh, you know, or was it the the, the task from, of employing staff or um, entering into a whole new new market? You know, I've, I could name countless things which must have been a challenge. Um, uh, I think uh, we, we went
1: down the wild venison route for two or three years as well, which we were doing um, uh, some work for a, a couple of companies down south so bringing in wild deer, uh, shot wild deer off the hills and that was probably the most challenging time that we ever had. Um was getting all that process through the, the 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 process into the butchery and the FS rules the FSS rules changed that we had to make a wild carcass look like a farm carcass, which is about impossible. Um And that was really worrying times. Um, And then customers having to chase him um, to pay their bills was a huge challenge, a massive challenge, in fact. So I would say that probably the customers were the biggest challenge of them all. The staff we've got are good guys, um, hard-working guys. And, yeah, there's challenges with them, but I I would never have our staff doing anything. I won't do myself, so they know if there's a problem and I'll tell them that instead of a problem, you must tell me I'm not a mind reader. So our biggest challenge was customers
0: at that time. And um, you mentioned, you know, um, you, well, you, you basically, you know, ent- entered a whole new um, industry in many ways, you know, having to deal with uh, customers di- directly and, uh, you know, having to employ um a lot more staff, you know, obviously across the the abattoir and the um, the butcher the butcher shop, um, and and you know how how did you find that that sort of side uh, side of things? Because you you of obviously were very heavily involved in the day to day running of the farm, but I guess uh, you I guess you would have never really have have sort of seen that other. Other side, side of things. How, how how did you find find that, or did you seek seek help with that? You know, no.
1: I, I mean, employing staff. Um, when we first well to, to let you understand, when we first started in two thousand fifteen, um, there was just myself and a part time butcher. That's who we did the slot on with. That, um, which is only five years ago. Um, and we now have um, six butchers and three people packing, um, and two people in the abattoir. And that's include myself. So, the, and, and they're a good team. If you but you need the right people, and you need to speak to them in the right manner as well to let them. Um, uh, we work as a good team. Um, I've had one or two um, issues with staff, but you have just to adapt a hard hard and fast rule if you're not happy the door ends the door out goodbye that's the way I I've got it you know so um, and I deal with all the staff um, and it's it maybe doesn't sound a lot having 10 of them or or 9 of them whatever it is um, but it's working well at the minute that's all I can say and it is a challenge you know Um, it's not easy and it's not easy finding staff that's another thing you know so um, but they are there if you if you if you hang or, or wait long enough, to the, you can find them, you know. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, what what would you say is your uh, biggest uh, challenge on a on a day to day basis? You know, what what's what's on your mind today?
1: My, well, my, <laughs> what's on my mind today? Is what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> we are always um, we are always a, a week in front of ourselves all the time and that is what makes the place work properly. Um, I mean we know, myself and Jane will know exactly what's happening next week, this week, so we're always planning a week in front. Um, what, what bothers me today, t- what I have to learn and I have learned it quite quickly is what's bothering me today doesn't bother me tomorrow. It gets fixed and that's it and sort of a problem right there, man. You must fix it there, then, to get that off your mind. Um and yeah, there's a lot of sleepless nights. There definitely is, you know, but that's 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 me. That's just the way it is, you know. Um uh, uh, and, and I I try to get people to do what they're doing. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue and walk past it sometimes,
0: you know. So not all the time, but sometimes, you know. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um You've got a great partnership there with um, Jane, uh, Bob. Um, yeah. yeah. Obviously, a lot of support when when sort of set, setting up and uh, you know ch- changing direction, like you did. Um, what would you say has sort of made this process easier? Um, I, th- I think working as a team. Yeah, work, working,
1: as, working as a team you know, um, Jane's very, very switched on when it comes to accounts and that, and that's what you need Um, running a business, as far as I'm concerned, you need some sort of accountant, somewhere um, because they'll tell you if you're doing it right or wrong, you know, Um, and and we work well, um, I'm the one that comes up with all the, the ideas and the problems it causes to everybody, but at the end of the day, Jane's the one that runs the, the account side of it all and organises um, customers and keeps the customers on the right track, basically, you know. Um, so two has worked well. Our kids are quite young um, and they're not ready to come into this, but I would love to be able to have them involved in it at some point, you know. So uh, I've got a business now that is there for them, at some point, if they're ever interested in it, you know. So that's what gives me the buzz each day to keep it going. <laughs> they might someday be interested
0: in doing this, you know. So. No, great. And and was there ever a point in the early days where, where uh, pe- people sort of looked at you and thought, um, he's, a, he's a bit mad going down this route or, or was it?
1: <laughs> of course, I think all the neighbours here thought that. So. <laughs> I think all the neighbours thought he was totally mad, but, In saying that, most of the neighbours have had sheep in here to be processed, so it's, um, yeah, I think they thought it was mad and now, in in the present climates we're in, and with the big push for small abattoirs, I think we're probably more in favour, and people realise, but I mean, if you came to the farm, you wouldn't know there was an abattoir on this farm, and that's the way I wanted it to be when we started, and nobody would know in the drive-in, there is an avatar here because you don't see anything, you don't hear anything, you know. So,
0: yeah, and and uh, just just uh, briefly, Bob, you you uh, you mentioned a bit earlier about the um, the grant funding you received to, to help out with the butchery. Um, um, was that something that you you sort of knew knew? Um, was that something that was part of your initial business plan at the beginning? Um, was that sort of factored in? You know, How, how, how important was that uh, to the success of where you are today? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was massively
1: important. Um, when we built the abattoir, we only used part of the building with the idea of um, putting a butcher in at some point but not being as quick as what we did. Um, so that funding was essential. Um, to get us to get us there to where we needed to be, um, to put out quality products to customers, um, and that was vital to us, big time. Yeah, essential for the business it was, and I mean it was. I mean, it's, it's a thanks to the people that, that give this money out, it's got to come from somewhere, um, and it was great. And the bank as well, um, they, they've been great. They've been at the back of us all the way. Fantastic. They can see the vision. They can see
0: what we're doing, and they know it's essential part of what happens. You know, so I've no doubt you would have got got there um, at some stage without the funding, but it certainly sped the sped the process up. Definitely did. Definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what are you currently working on? What what's uh, what's in the pipeline? Um, at the at the, at the minute, is it a, a case of um um keeping the head down and, and uh, uh, working at cu- current levels of production, or have you got got um, other ideas for for where you want to go? Well, we,
1: we are um, we're just well in the process to start um, an extension on the butchery. Um, it wasn't big enough. <laughs> So we're going to we're going to double the size of the cutting plant and uh, and create a production room. Um, we've got too many people waiting and um, a waiting list to come into the abattoir to get their sheep processed. So we're looking at it. It sounds a lot, but we double the size of the place. We can we get a bigger throughput um, and keep the abattoir and the butchery working. Um, so the plan is to um, create a new channel. Um, double the size inside of the cutting plant in the production area to take more of the customers' beef, lambs and pork and and, and do that process for them. Um, the farm itself, um, very, very keen in keeping this organic going um, and producing all our own beef and most of the lambs that we produce will all go through our own shop um, and possibly um, get that onto an online system once we get the downfield brand there um, so no we, we'll keep moving forward with what, what we're doing and just grow as as customer demand demands that we'll grow with it you know um, and that's what I said at the start if, if customer demand is there and we can see that vision is going to keep going we'll keep growing with it and that's where we're going to have to grow this year again so um, yeah that's where we
0: are Grace and we mentioned earlier a wee bit about um, challenges, but Bob obviously there's a lot of external um, things going on at the minute, which are um, outside of, out of outside of your control in a lot of ways. You've got obviously Brexit and, and uh, climate change and and uh, um, COVID, various other external factors. Um, do these things worry you, or do you? Um, have a, a plan a plan in place on on how to, to deal with some of the challenges. Well,
1: the the whole reason is setting up the the abattoir at the start was at some point in the future, funding would disappear from farming, the subsidy would go. So, uh, always my thoughts was was to create a business there that would stand on its own two feet. So Brexit. Probably won't affect us, I don't think, because most of the stuff we do now is private processing for other people. So it's like farm shops, um, other butchers. And that. We are butchering a lot of stuff for them. Um, COVID has probably boosted us to where we are today. People want to buy um, fresh products from the shop. The shop is doing tremendous. Um, low prices. We have to be in a competitive market so we need to watch that. That possibly could be a problem if they start bringing in beef from abroad. Um, so we'll face these challenges when we get to them, but it doesn't worry me at the minute. Um, we're doing a process for other people, which is where it's working really well um, and putting good products into other people as well. So so let's face them when they come. Let's face them when they come. So We've got through COVID so far. Um, um, and, and we've done really well and we're, we're putting out all we can do to do that but it's increasing our, our employment we can employ more staff which is, is telling a good story as well we're giving people jobs you know so
0: yeah yeah and you mentioned the you, you obviously mentioned the organic uh, route that you're going down Bob is, is that um, is that that's obviously important from a, a marketing point of view but is it is it is it also important from from a sort of technical uh, redu- reduction in input point of view? What, what was your sort of main, main, main thinking behind that? Just the whole
1: story of it. Um, uh, uh, an organic. Uh, I visit. I went down to Sirens um, Sister two years ago to the, the National uh, Farming Conference, and it was it was uh, I was UK Farming Conference, and I spoke to a lot of people there. Um, and when you see a lot of the countryside that there's nothing on it, it's barren lands. Um, I just felt that like we could do something here. So I say I'm not sure if the organic is the right word. That's more environment. I would have said is to protect the environment we're in. Our kids are coming up into some sort of environment, so low input um, and produce quality products that we can sell. is what I'm looking to do. Like. Um, and and an organic thing is it, it was ideal. It came in at the right time for us. We were not quite organic before it, but um, we, we certainly have went to full. we full organic now, and I want to stay like that if I can, Mike. Bob, I'm
0: going to put you on the spot now. I'm going to ask you a difficult question, and uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I want to know um, what is what is success for you, and how do you measure it. <laughs> what well, is success for me um,
1: is being good at what we, we do that's what I would say That every, I want every customer to be delighted not just happy but delighted with the product that we give them that's success for me I would say and growing that business that's what I would say I don't know if that's right that's, that's, that's
0: what I would say yeah. what do you think your personal strengths are uh, what's your Jane's obviously the, the Jane's obviously the bra- brains behind the operation <laughs> yeah she's the brains <laughs> uh, behind the operation yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but uh, what do you add 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 to the equation what's your your uh, main strength
1: well, I've forgiven a headache
0: <laughs> um, is,
1: it, is uh, I fit in everywhere it's simple Um uh, I'll, I'll do everything from making a pie, cutting beef, to calving cows. That, that's my personal strength. Is I'm everywhere um, and do anything. So it's and it's, it's working with the guys um, and the women as well in the shop. Um, I work alongside anybody. Um, so it's my hands and probably that's what's more vital to the whole equation. I'm there every single day, you know, so... And I'm not afraid to try anything. I'll try anything. It doesn't matter what it is, and I'll do it to the best I can.
0: Great answer. Yeah, uh, happy happy with that. Um, okay, Bob. I just uh, I can't let you go without asking you what has been the biggest high point for you so far in your your journey. In farming, oh God, <laughs> what's been the biggest high point? Was it the the moment when the the deer first arrived or, or was it the point when you thought, uh was there a point when you thought, you know, this is actually going okay, we could we you know, could make uh, a- Yeah,
1: You know what, I think the biggest high point was when we bought the farm. That's what I think it was. See, when we bought the farm, we couldn't get here quick enough. You know, that was, because uh, we're in a beautiful area and we, and we love this place, you know, so that was probably the, the, the high point and then... Um, doing what we are done with the abattoir as well it, it was high as well so I'd probably say buying the farm was probably the biggest because that was a major achievement for us to do that you know if they come from a small holding into this it was huge you know so
0: yeah yeah, and, and the highs don't come without the lows What what's the uh, what, what's the um what's the, be, the biggest low uh, point in the
1: in the journey? I think the hardest one was uh, like uh, uh, the, the cow part of it. When the cows were really, there was a lot of problems there, just by disease and that. That was quite tough. That was hard going, you know. Um, a lot of cows not in calving and they? to um, get them out the road, get them out the equation, it wasn't worth keeping them. Um, and that was a tough, th- they were tough years, 2009 and 10 a lot of problems there, two years. So that was probably the lowest point we've ever been, I think. Um, Definitely was,
0: and you, a, and you knew you had to 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 make a shift to, to change things.
1: Had to do something.
0: Um we couldn't
1: carry on doing that, you know. So um, yeah, that was it. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh, great. Um, Bob, just for other other farmers listening to this, or even younger people, um, you know, uh, either either starting out on on, on farms or or maybe um, thinking about how how they could make their own businesses more resilient. Um, what what advice would you give um, to anyone listening to this?
1: It's not an easy one because we're in different climates, but there is always opportunities there um, within farming to do something different, and I see that in quite a few of our new customers are popping up and they're trying different things and they're doing really well Um, is get a business plan if they they want to have it if they need to borrow money business plan go to the bank and go with it but never be frightened Um, to ask the question um, and and go for it you know Um, I've done it and I've it was the back of the Jane as well. The two of us have done it. It's not just me. Um, it's, it's a hard one, but certainly some people have got luck and some people haven't. It's, it's not easy, but never. I've, I've never been trying to borrow money as long as I could see that I could service the debt, And as long as I can service it, then we'll keep working to do, do what we can. So I think that's about the only, only bit of advice I could give them is and never look back either. We always have to keep looking forward to new opportunities. Um, That's another thing.
0: Bob, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you along today. No problem. No bother at all. No bother. So, this is the last recording in our series of four podcasts on resilience and business skills. A webinar will follow on the 26th and you will have the opportunity to ask the four panelists additional questions. You can find out more about the farm advisory service on our website, www.fas.scot. Or if you need any further advice, please call the helpline on 0300 32